and we are back, finally, with another episode. Today we're going to talk about Social Justice Warriors, Supremely Wife Jesus, or, or SJW, SWJ, for short. Alright, guys, let's get to it. Hello there, everybody. It's been a couple weeks since I've done this, but um, in light of Easter and a lot of the weird things I've seen out there pertaining to Easter and the person of Jesus, I decided that, hey... Let's do me a podcast and address some of these crazy things people are saying about my Jesus. Because hashtag not my Jesus. Let's get that trending. Hashtag not my Jesus. Because of th what these people are saying, man, that's not my Jesus. Um, today, just to, it's kind of an overarching framework. Uh, just something to, to keep you in the back of your head. I'm going to read you guys a story uh, from Matthew 5. Excuse me, Matthew 8, 5 through 13. Um, this is a story of when Jesus healed uh, the servant of a centurion, of a Roman centurion, in fact. When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, this being Jesus. Um, he said, Lord, my servant, Lord, my servant is paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, he being Jesus, um, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Uh, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. But when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of this kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness, and the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you, as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. I love the story, and I love the picture that it paints of Jesus, and I'm going to use the story a little bit later to debunk. A lot of these crazy things that, that uh, people say about Jesus um, in regards to... Well, let's get into it now. I'm going to read you guys this quote here. Um, remember that Jesus was an anti-capitalist person of color who is constantly calling out the BS, but it doesn't say BS. You can gather, you can catch my drift there, and corruption in both the church and the government and was eventually executed by Roman police who considered him to be an enemy of the state. Happy Easter. Abolish the police. Now, that's a, that's a real quote there. Um, yeah, that's a real quote right there. Another quote just here is, Jesus was a person of color, murdered by state-sanctioned violence. Um, and so we're going to use a little bit of history, we'll use a lot of facts, and we're going to talk about this story and a lot of other stories in particular that kind of debunk some of these crazy claims. Um, I think the first thing that we do need to recognize is something that's kind of become a hot topic in the church or in pop culture in general, is yeah, guess what? Jesus wasn't white. Jesus did not look like Ewan McGregor in Attack of the Clones in Star Wars Episode 2. In fact, uh, he looked nothing like that. He more than likely had short hair and a, and a, and a beard and was brown. Uh, no one's going to dispute this fact. It's a horse historical fact. And if you disagree with that, well, you're you're crazy. Um, the modern Arab or modern Jew or modern Palestinian uh, looks a lot like Jesus would have back in the day. Um... But it's important to remember when it comes down to the, the historical story uh, of Jesus' death, 
Um, he was arrested and betrayed uh, by a disciple who more than likely also was Jewish. Um, he was ultimately condemned by Pontius Pilate, but Pontius Pilate wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, he was killed and executed by fellow Jews. Um, most of his disciples were Jewish. Um, and so Jesus' Jesus's death, um, his, his murder, uh, him being killed, was not an act of racism. Was it a murder by state sanctioned violence? Yes. Uh, but were states a whole lot more violent and brutal and, 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 and uh, capital punishy and ready to go with that? Yeah, of course. I mean, we're told the story of the thief on the cross or a criminal on the cross. Two of them, in fact. Um, murder or state sanctioned violence or states putting people to death historically is not a thing that's disputed that it happened more there. The death penalty and capital punish was just kind of a part of life. All of Jesus' disciples would go on to be killed um, if they didn't do it themselves by the state. You know, death and uh, capital punishment was just a part of that day. Stephen was stoned. Um, the Pharisees took up rocks to stone a woman who was caught in adultery. Like, there's no way around the fact um, that, yeah, Jesus was a person of color murdered by state-sanctioned violence. But that, that you're taking that way out of its historical and cultural and, and um, the truth, right? Um, and so there's that quote there. Um, but notice, right, in this story about the centurion, notice what Jesus says. Um, I think it could be inferred by the fact that um, he was a Roman centurion, that um, he definitely was of a different socioeconomic status, uh, class, um, than Jesus and his followers were. Um, he certainly might have been a different skin color. Uh, he certainly had a place of authority, as he says himself. Uh, he's in charge of soldiers. And the Roman centurion that sent, right, sent to you, you think about a century uh, 100. So he's over a group of 100 soldiers. Uh, so he's, he's a man in a position of power, right? He's a man. Um, he's obviously part of the, the Romans, so he, he's in power politically, right? And he is of a different socioeconomic class and more than likely of it. It could possibly potentially be of a different race. It's pretty, pretty likely. Um, certainly he isn't Jewish, right? Um, and it might not even be, he might, he might even been, uh, white with you know, some sort of tan just by the nature of the way that the world was there. Um, so, so this, this, this notion that, that Jesus, Jesus's death was somehow an act of racism portrayed by, you know, some kind of state sanctioned murder, right? It's just, it's just not, not the case. Um, I want to read you guys another quote here. This is from, I don't know if they would call themselves progressively Christian. I don't know if they would, st are they still call themselves Christian, uh, but this page is just, it's something else, um, I'll probably, probably mention it on Instagram or something like that later, quick little plug for our Instagram page, um, so here's this quote, alright, I don't believe that Jesus the man came back from the dead, I think they argued that for years after he died, because without Jesus' literal resurrection, that Jesus the historical man couldn't be the Messiah. The Messiah was supposed to end oppression for his people. 
he did it. Now this quote is crazy to me. I mean, you're suggesting that Jesus did not raise from the dead because he didn't end oppression and therefore cannot be the Messiah. Well, that's crazy. Where? Where in Jesus' life and ministry did he say that he came to end all oppression for all people? Did Jesus come as some kind of socialist or anti-capitalist, as it says here, you know, to abolish the state, abolish the police, and send everyone into some kind of perfect Marxist utopia? I mean, show me, show me the verse that says, you know, I have come into this world, you know, so that I may bring the kingdom of God, which is a Marxist utopia. Like, show me where it says that he does that. So, right, the normal response to this is going to be, no, Jesus came to end the oppression of sin, to, um, to great eternal life to those who will follow him and to those who will believe in his name. He, in fact, he even says so as much. But she has all of her bases covered. Uh, in the next little, like, you know, whatever, like, ten posts, I don't know what you would call them, like an infographic, the next quote, uh, there says, now if Jesus literally resurrected so that he could end depression in the afterlife, then people still believe it, then people still believe it's a messiah, and oppression here is unavoidable. I believe such notions reduce Christianity to merely hell avoidance and make it shallow and prone to abuse. Now, I would agree that as Christians, we have a higher calling, and that the calling of a Christian is not to purely just avoid hell and make it to heaven, right? Like the book, like like the Bible could be, if the Bible could be summed up, uh, the New Testament could be summed up and believe in Jesus, go to heaven, then then what, what do we have all these books of Paul teaching us how to live godly lives, how to win souls to heaven, um, how to flee sexual immorality, um, how to live our lives as best um, worthy of our calling to work on our salvation, uh, with fear and trembling, right? Um, but also, right, you were looking at, at this, so she, so she is obviously coming at this from a, a, a place of, like, liberation theology. And so liberation theology, um, seeks to, um, liberate those or understand the gospel by those who are oppressed and to use the gospel to liberate them, right? So, so what she's saying here is that the, the, the earthly means, and the fact that oppression isn't ended, and the fact that, you know, Christianity has historically been used in some awful and unbiblical ways to justify oppression against um, minority people, minority people groups, right? So she's saying oppression exists, Christians have used oppression, um, therefore, Jesus didn't come to end oppression in the afterlife, Again, show me that in the scriptures. I'm gonna I'm gonna refer you back to the scriptures. Show me all of that. Uh, here's a quote from Ibram X. Kendi, the the guy who wrote How to Be an Anti-Racist, and it is kind of out there. Um, I think one of the ways that we can distinguish it um, is one being liberation theology. In other words, Jesus was a revolutionary, and the job of the Christian is to revolutionize society. The job of the Christian is to liberate society, again, liberation theology, uh, from the powers on earth that are oppressing humanity. Everyone understand that? So that's liberation theology in a nutshell. Savior theology is a different type of theology. The job of the Christian is to go out and save those individuals who are behaviorally deficient, um, 
or basically sinners um, in need of a savior. In other words, we're to bring them to the church. These individuals who are doing all of these evil, sinful things and heal them and save them. And once we've saved them, we've done our jobs. To me, anti-racists fundamentally reject savior theology. And to me, true biblical Christians reject liberation theology. Um... It doesn't mean that we shouldn't be working out of salvation with fear and trembling. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't be taking care of widows and orphans. Um, but it also doesn't mean that, you know, we need to promote, like, Lil Nas X and Cardi B because, you know, revolutionized society and they're being oppressed. Oh, no, wearing clothing, that's oppressive. Um, keep your clothes on, on on live TV. Don't be sliding down stripper poles on Satan's lap. Oh no, you're so oppressed. Like, shut up, you're making more money than I am. Um, no. Like I said earlier, this Roman centurion is of every status above Jesus. This Roman centurion is perfectly the status quo. So if liberation theology truly was correct, you know what Jesus would have done? He just said, no, I'm not going to heal you. You're going to, I'm going to be a social revolutionary. I'm going to throw this over. And, you know, a la, you know, um, the Russia and, and back in the, back in the 20th century. And ooh, we're just going to have a big, a big Maoist, you know, Marxist party where we just revolutionize society and, and free the oppressed, um, which means oppressing other people. Because uh, that's all that Marxism does. It's just an, an oppression by a different group of people. That's all that critical race theory is, too, by the way. While, while I'm thinking about it. This episode is really just a lot of me ranting. I'm sorry about it. This is what happens when I don't plan these things out well. And I kind of fly by the seat of my pants. You see, Jesus didn't come. Right? right? It's quite obvious why... Jesus came to this world. So Jesus talked to tax collectors, right? Who, I guess you could kind of say they're kind of like the government. Um, or I would say they're more like oligopolists. Um, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, like, like the CEOs of like Walmart and big business today and stuff like that. Pharisees, right? Think about the story of Nicodemus. I think of them as people who are on the like the extremely far religious right, super stuck in their legalism, KJV onlyism, stuff like that. And Roman soldiers, you know, whether that also be the government or just a different class of people. Jesus came and he helped them. He set them free. He healed their six servants in the stories. He 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 was open and, and talked to Nicodemus. Um if you notice the way that Jesus talks with Pontius Pilate, he never comes in and says, you're bad, you're racist, you know, I'm going to overthrow you. He speaks with love um, and with respect and, and, and tells him the truth. You know, you think about Paul or Saul. He says himself, he's a Pharisee of Pharisees, right? He was out there persecuting the church. He certainly is of, of a high, high social status at this point. But you also think about Paul, what he did. Um... During his ministry, he went and talked uh, to the Athenians, uh, but he was also not afraid to share the gospel with those in power of Athens, Greece, you know, with some of the most powerful people at the time. He was not afraid to share the gospel with them. Right. Um, here is a quote straight from the horse's mouth. 
All right. Luke 24, 46 through 47. Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. Jesus came to set us free from the powers of hell and death. He clearly did not come to end all earthly oppression, as he himself and his followers will quickly become the most oppressed group in the Roman world. They would be killed, crucified upside down, lit on fire in Nero's garden. Christians would suffer for Jesus and his namesake. Ultimately, Jesus himself would be oppressed and killed, like we said earlier. Jesus obviously came to set us free from eternal death and suffering and hell. That all those who believe in him would have eternal life. See, this notion that Jesus came as a good teacher to teach us some revolutionary thought about some theory of Marxism that wouldn't exist for another 1,800 years is simply false. And I pray that today, if you're listening to this, if maybe if a friend sent it to you, or, or if you just stumble across, across this, that you will believe in the true reality of Jesus, that you are a sinner in need of salvation, that there is nothing you can do, no ideology that you can hold to, Biden isn't going to save you. Trump isn't going to save you. Anti-racism isn't going to save you. Right? Far-rightism isn't going to save you. Only Jesus will. Only his death and resurrection, where he crushed sin in the grave under his foot, as prophesied in Genesis 3.16, the serpent may strike at his heel, that he will crush his head. The only way that you can crush sin and death and find eternal salvation for your soul and for the soul of, of anyone who walks this earth is through through the blood and through the name of Jesus Christ. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now it's not going to be easy. No, of course it's not. Nothing in this world is. Christians today are still the most widely persecuted group, uh, at least religious group in the world. It's, it's basically outlawed in, in China, North Korea, and the Middle East. Right now, there's a church in Canada that's barricaded and boarded up and surrounded by a chain link fence because, ooh, COVID. See, because Jesus was so much more than a person of color murdered by state-sanctioned violence. The meaning of Easter is so much more transcendent than just being a good person or being committed to anti-racism or being committed to ending oppression. Right? Because who would gain this world but lose their soul? That is the gospel message and that is the hope for all of mankind, for all of eternity, that for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him would not die, but would have eternal life. So don't listen to these people when they tell you 
that Jesus is here to fulfill some kind of Marxist, you know, um, rumination. It is so much better than that. Because through all the pain, through all the suffering, through all of this chaos and craziness that we see in this world, Jesus and his love and, and the peace that surpasses all understanding transcends it all. So let me end it with this. There's only one Jesus. He is the way of the truth and the life. Don't get it twisted. Liberation theology will not save you. Believing in a morally good teacher who taught that we should end oppression isn't going to save you. Right? Is seeking to end oppression. Um, is seeking to, to treat everyone with love and respect. Is that good? Yes. But will it save your soul? No. God's way is better. The way, the truth, and the life. That whosoever would believe in him would live with him forever. Can I get an amen? I feel like I should get an amen. So with that, um, thank you for listening. Um, catch you next time on the Life, Liberty, and Pursuit of Godliness podcast. Peace. Hey, if you liked what you heard here today, be sure to listen to our other podcast episodes. Uh, feel free to subscribe uh, and follow us on wherever you listen to podcasts so you can hear uh, for future episodes. And be sure to follow us on Instagram, llpg.podcast. All right, groovy guys. Take care. God bless.